This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the alphabet, one letter at a time. So today the letter is R, and R is for rope. Joining me today to talk all about rope and about shibari is the incredible Midori. Known as the supernova of kink, according to Dan Savage, Midoriya emerged from the sex-positive movement in San Francisco in the early 90s and soon became one of the most highly regarded presenters on sexuality, personal fulfillment, and kinky adventures. Her reputation as an authority and leading expert on alternative pleasures stems not only from her unique and entertaining process of teaching concrete skills, but in her ability to deconstruct and distill complex matters of desire into surprisingly accessible lessons with eloquence and humanity. She's known for tackling the challenging topics with fresh and relevant insights. She calls this her head, heart, hands method to create a space where people are allowed individual self-exploration. Fundamentally, she's motivated by helping people to create authentic and intimate relationships while emphasizing self-actualization, shame reduction, acceptance, and justice. Known for her ability to teach with equal parts expertise and heart, her intensive and pop-up classes are often booked months in advance. She's best known for her transformative small group educational intensives, including Rope Dojo and Forte Femme Women's Dominance and Weekend Intensive. She's the author of The Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage, Wild Style Sex, and Master Han's Daughter. She's also contributed her expertise and voice in numerous articles, columns, works of fictions, and instructional books. When she's not traveling and teaching, she's creating provocative and haunting art and performances. If you want more information, visit her official website, which is https colon forward slash forward slash www.fhp-inc.com. And you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Planet Midori. Welcome to the show, Midori. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So, I did, I've, I've had a question come in already. Oh, awesome. So, Josh wants to know, what is Shibari really? And he says the reason he's asking the question is that whenever he's seen somebody do a presentation on Shibari, it seems um, like performance art to him. Okay. So, so he's not really sure he understands. And this is Josh. Hey, Josh, thanks for sending in the question. And that's a fantastic question. Now, Laurie, do you want me to go do the fast version or do you want me to really get into it? I think you should get into it because I suspect nobody listening has really heard a good description of what this is. Thank you. Okay. So, all right. I'll give you the short one first and let's like dissect it a bit. And thanks, Josh, again for asking this. The short version of it is uh, sexy, hot bondage play style that is from Japan that has an inspiration in its cultural history as uh, a medieval method of incarceration, but it's taking that and imbuing it into contemporary dark erotic fantasy. It is essentially how Mr. and Mrs. Yamada, that'd be like Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Yamada get on with the the tying up and shagging each other in the love motels. Now, sometimes it may be uh, made into a little stage performance in erotic red light district places. So that's a short version of it. Now, for the longer version of it. Okay, the word shibari, it just means binding. Right, And some people get into a real discussion, deep, deep argument, really, 
about Shibari versus Kimbaku, it is as if to say, it is as if to say, um, tie me up versus let's do bondage. Interesting. In the end, Mr. and Mrs. Yamada or Mr. and Mrs. Smith or Joe and Frank or Sally and Jane will both be beautifully wrapped up and shagging like double-backed weasels by the end of it. And the distinction isn't that neurotically cleaved in Japan. So that's a, uh, now Shibari, which is just, you know, uh, uh, conjugation of Shibaru, which just means to tie. I mean, if I were tying up a trash bag, I, I would also say, use a conjugation of the word Shibari, just okay. to give you a context of it. So it's a word that just means tie. That's it. Now, all right, let's back up into the historical aspect of it, because here's what I often hear about Shibari or Kimbaku in the West that it is an ancient traditional art in Japan of decoratively tying people up. And I think that's, that's, I really want this explanation. And that is an overly romanticized, uh, romantic orientalist, culturally misappropriated version of it. Okay. Okay. So in a moment, I'll address 21st century Shibari or 21st century international style Kimbaku, which I think is its own thing now. But let's look at the roots of it. All right. So every culture has its, well, I mean, every culture has its sexual undercurrent because, well, humans. Yes. Part of our drive. You yes. can learn, yeah, you can learn so much about us humans through, through food and sex. Now, every culture has its own culturally specific erotic imagination and source material. And part of the erotic imagination and source material also come from our darker aspects and darker or unpleasant or uh, intense moments of our history. So let us look at methods of incarceration. And I'm not talking about the sexy stuff. I am talking about whether it's, okay, incarceration, when we think. So, Lori, when you think of incarceration, um, what comes up for you? So, when I think of incarceration, I'm thinking of more modern stuff, usually. Uh-huh. Um, so, you're looking at cells with automatic, well, sometimes. But you're looking at cells with automatic doors. There's guards. With handcuffs? Yep. Yep. Okay. And zip tie, even zip ties. All right. So let's take those three. Um, easy plastic restraints, mm-hmm. handcuffs, and cages. Do those get sexualized in modern dungeons? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. All right. Um, let's think of medieval European incarceration. What would you think of? Um, dark. Uh, lots of chains. Heavy irons. Okay. Um, so, like St. Andrew's crosses and yep. uh, stocks. Yep, stocks. Okay. And, and what's the one that stretches you? Um, okay, so. Those uh, sorts of torture like and injuries. Okay. Yeah. So, do all those equipment exist in, in contemporary sexual spaces? Absolutely. Okay. And when we think of American cowboys and American past, there's, well, rodeo and and catching the calf and and hog tying them. That's right. All right. Then there's also, yeah, so all of the, and then there's mental health incarceration, mental health, I mean that loose. Straight straight jackets. Straight jackets. All of these aspects of incarceration in different cultures become eroticized and role-played, and we get into, like, shadow work in terms of, like, um, union and psychoanalytic work, right? Absolutely. So we've got about two minutes to break. Um, When we come back, I want to just pick this up from where we've left off. Great. Um, And so just before we go, one little piece of information, just a little statistic. Did you know that more households own a vibrator in the United Kingdom than own a dishwasher? This is truth, and it highlights where British women place 
the relative value of vibrators and dishwashers. Um, I found this an absolutely fa fascinating fact because it's not really something I had considered. And um, when we get back, I'll talk a little bit about the importance of sex toys as well today. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes afterwards from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Are you fed up with reaching outside yourself for an inner solution? The next diet, the next few pounds to lose, the next drink, the next shopping spree. Tune in to Already Enough with host Kelly Backert. You'll hear tips about how to stop endless searching for an outward solution to an inner condition. Get helpful tools about food, body, self-care, stress management, mental health, and how to live your best life. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This is part two of R is for Rope, and I'm with the wonderful Midori. And just before, well, just after we went on break, um, a listener sent in Tied to the Railroad Tracks. Oh, that's so classic. Absolutely. So, so I'll just jump right in. All please. Right. So the medieval fantasies of different cultures, right? And all of those become sexualized later on. And so what we're looking at right now in terms of Japanese rope bondage is the sexualizing the fantasy of an imagined past. Because, you know, as, as like Americans would think back to, to the Wild West and there's a certain imagery that's a cultural nostalgia, right? As mm -hmm. is uh, medieval European history, cultural nostalgia. And you take cultural nostalgia, and cultural nostalgia is not necessarily historically accurate. Mm -hmm. In the way that lives of cowboys and la la lives of the, the medieval royalty yes. is not, not entirely historically accurate, but it is part of the romance and the DNA of the culture, the terroir, right? right. And, um, so in Japan, you get that. Now, um, favorite genre of movies would be Edo period sword, sword fighting and medieval sword fighting. Now, have you ever watched a Kurosawa movie? Yes. So imagine that as being a replacement of the Western uh -huh. or a replacement of Downtown Abbey, right? And then the sexual fantasy of it is, oh, you know, 
Uh, so in, in those TV shows or movies, you would get bad guys tied up, good guys tied up, princesses and beautiful women tied up. And of course, this is going to feed, feed the fantasy. And then you add to it in Japan, um, there is a tendency towards, um, we could in one hand say exquisite focus upon packaging. In another way, you could say an obsessive focus on packaging. <laughs> and that includes everything from crackers to um, fruits to boobies and booty and people and wrapping. And you get a culture that wraps everything, including its garments. The kimono is a wrapped item. So then when Mr. and Mrs. Yamada or Mr. and Mrs. Honda are uh, having sexy fun time, they're tying each other up in the way that is specific to that particular culture, Japan. So then you get this particular imagery that it's inspired from a romanticized medieval Japan. Now you take that imagery that lives in Japan and is understood as a bit of a tongue in cheek mm-hmm. play. And there's also like bondage based nightclubs and in bondage based uh, bars and nightclubs, you get workers. So the workers in these clubs will also put on shows, much in the way that if you go to, say, um, Paris and you see a can-can, right. right? And that's a culturally specific erotic entertainment. Right. So you can go to a erotic entertainment place, and, you know, if you see a pole dancer with a cowboy hat and chaps and nothing else, that's also, well, culturally specific. Yep. Um, I'd say pole dance is a uniquely American in origin. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think so. I mean, I know it's moved from there, but I do think it was very much. So, you know, it's traditional American erotic dance routines. Yes. In the same way, think of uh, bondage, in whether it's a, a red light district or when in Love Hotel or in somebody's bedroom. Um, it is a culturally specific way of engaging in our dark fantasies. But you take that outside of Japan, take the imagery and strip it of a cultural context that it's happening in red light districts, in bars, in entertainment spaces, in entertainment theater, and then you export it into into European-based cultures that already has a tendency towards exoticizing other cultures. I mean, people do this, exoticizing Asia and that which is Asia and Japan. And then you, it gets turned into this like ancient Oriental secret business, right? Yeah, that was a, that was one of my questions, right? Because I know that that's something that comes up that when you read PR from people who are teaching or people who are presenting, it's that I learned from this teacher who learned from this teacher who learned from this teacher who went back to to the year dot. Yeah, and and because in Japan there is a strong tendency towards um, getting to be specific experts, whether it is lowbrow culture or highbrow culture. Uh, So you get performers and entertainers that go into really specific details. And keep in mind, this is still lowbrow, you know, much in the way that there's a whole lowbrow art movement in the U.S. But that's interesting because when you listen to people present in the U- talk about it in the U.S., many people look at it as highbrow. It is so not highbrow. It is lowbrow. It's gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous, beautiful. Um, there's no doubt about that. But so is, uh, so is well, okay, so let's take good American lowbrow art, right? And you get um, lowriders. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. the lowrider culture. Yeah. It's, Beautiful, and you get rockabilly culture. It's it's stunning stuff, right? But the the lowrider cars, they're absolutely works of art. Do they come from out of the fringes? Absolutely. So yeah, it it does come from the sexual underground. Now coming from a lowbrow, it doesn't make it any less beautiful. But yeah. I think it is a dangerous thing. Um, I, I think it is a disrespectful thing to disregard its roots in body sex and sex work. And that, yeah, and that's the thing that often gets left out. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I also suspect that there might be a certain amount of, I mean, a certain amount of 
exoticism, Orientalism, as well as um, internalized shame around sex that causes a bit of whitewashing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It is, and I, I would love to to have the aspect of its lowbrowness, its backroom, bedroom, and sex workness of it celebrated because the people that are teaching this in Japan are sex workers. And sex worker is a broad category. And when it comes down to it, yeah, it's Mr. and Mrs. Yamada having a good time. Well, what, isn't that what, what's wonderful about it? I mean, to me, you know. So, Let's take, for example, like a Western equivalent of taking lowbrow in taking understanding that it's lowbrow, putting your tongue firmly, planting it firmly in your cheek, and then using highbrow techniques, right? Um, uh, the the famous, uh, famous photographer that did, did a whole bunch of like Wolford commercials, um, the heck was... I'm just drawing a blank here. Let's see. I'm just looking this up. God, isn't the internet wonderful? Yes. Okay. So it is the beautiful, beautiful black and white photos. Oh, geez. Um, He did the Wolford commercials and he did, uh, he did a series of photos called white women um, not Irving Penn. Ah, oh, this is going to drive me nuts. Okay, I'm totally... Look, I'm going to look this up. Helmut Newton, duh. Helmut Newton. Okay. Okay. High art, famous photographer, stunning photographer, and he did a series of imagery with with hot women holding handcuffs. Right. The handcuffs is a lowbrow signal to backroom yeah. sex antics. Yeah, and no, you know, that's it, wonderful. And you take, in Japan, you take photographer, fine art photographer like Nobuyoshi Araki, who has documented uh, people in bondage and even did sceneries with um, tableaus of women in bondage posed in, in a certain way. And what you have is this culturally specific imagery, both in Helmut Newton as well as Nobuyoshi Araki, in signaling a sexual taboo that everybody plays with anyway. See, now, for me, this is fascinating because if you asked me a year ago, um, what do you, you know, what do you think about rope and bondage and stuff? And, 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 you know, how do you feel about it? Is it something that excites you? And what I would have said was, it's art. To me, it's art. And I always found what I saw slow, mm-hmm. right? So I would be like, yeah, I can't because it's, it's slow. But it wasn't slow with a building sensuality. Mm-hmm. It felt just sort of slow. And then when um, we were at Sex Down South and I took your class, I saw rope used entirely differently. Oh, my class, the, the rope dominance and control moves class. Yeah. And so their rope was used for dominance, for movement, rather than for restraint, for actual movement. Right. And restraining through movement and, yes. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Mm-hmm. Gave me, and an, so that made me interested. I was like, well, actually, this is active. This is, this is interesting. I never considered this. And I think that a lot of times people have a very static idea of what rope bondage looks like. So they'll think of the, sort of the standard forms, but they, they don't go further than that. I think sometimes they all actually forget what it is that you're doing, that you're actually restraining someone. So the thing about rope bondage, shibari, is that it can be slow or fast. It can be detailed or less detailed. It can happen in all sorts of different pacing and emotional intention. It does not have to be slow. And God knows it should not be boring. Okay. I, I, I've, I've seen some very, I, I can think of one person. The outcome was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But watching the work, I, I, I was embarrassed because I almost fell asleep. And that's not like me. I can usually find the energy. Well, then that would mean that the person had, if this was intended as a performance or entertainment for the the viewers, then that means that the person performing 
her sons performing had poor stagecraft. Yes, and I suspect that that's part, that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So we're about two minutes from break. Um, when we come back, we'll can just continue this conversation about all the different ways in which... But are there questions go. out there? People, please send questions. Yeah, really. More questions um, about rope, rope bondage, and, and actually dominance. Any burning question that you've had since you've seen Midori talk about something... Just send it in. We'll be back in a couple of minutes afterward from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This week, it is R is for Rope, and I am with the incredible Midori. And before the break, um, we were talking all about rope and shibari and the differences between shibari and kimbaku. And I've had a couple of questions in the interim. So um, before I go into the questions, I want to highlight that one of the places that you can actually pick up some bondage supplies, including some Japanese cotton rope um, and some really cool pleasure tape is Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve are sponsoring the A to Z of sex. Adam and Eve is the oldest sex toy company in the United States. Um, They're a leading company still, and they've been making delicious erotic toys for over 45 years. I discovered them when I was 21 and moved to North Carolina and my first toys were purchased from them. And I remember them coming in the plain brown wrapper and I was really excited about it. And when I was looking through their catalog, I was excited to see that they've got really one of the widest varieties of toys, including three different types of sex machine. And when you buy stuff from them with my code, you get free treats. So free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is more awesome. If you select almost any one item for 50% off, they load on all the free stuff. You enter the offer code A to Z sex. So it's A T O Z S E X at checkout and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts. 
You'll get an item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item for the couple, and six free spicy movies, plus free shipping. So that's A2ZSex, A-T-O-Z-S-E-X, at adamandeve.com. Now, two questions came in in the break. One was, how do we do this? We want to do this. How do we do this? So that was the more general question. The specific, there's a specific one here, which is rope bondage and circulatory constriction. Is there a way to do this so that you bring a person to the edge of passing out? So one came from the beginner's angle, which is have no clue what to do, and I just want to know how to do it. And the other's coming from the more uh, extreme end. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about how to get started with this. So Adam and Eve carries the cotton Japanese-style rope bondage, right? Yes. Okay, I think it's a great product. I'll admit the packaging is cheesy. Just ignore the packaging. The content's really great. It's a good soft cotton rope. I highly recommend it. And I think it's 32 feet or something like that. I think, and then make sure you get a pair of scissors. Here's they what don't I would carry recommend. Scissors. They don't. Okay, then get first aid scissors because they have nice blunted ends. All right. So here's what you should get: two packs of those Japanese-style bondage ropes from Adam and Eve, and then a pair of safety scissors and a blindfold. Okay basic kit. Now, on top of that, if you want a little more on the how-to things, you can get my book, Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage. There's also a really good instructional DVD from Twisted Monk. I'd recommend that as well. Uh, I have a couple of YouTube and Vimeo, both under Planet Midori, Planet Midori in YouTube and Planet Midori in Vimeo, where I've got some videos that you can start with really basic things. So, Video, rope, scissors, blindfold, optional book, and DVDs. And you've got everything that you need. You want to start simple. Don't get complicated. And I want you, you out there, you hot, sexy, sexy, pleasure-seeking love weasels out there, I want you to then take those. And Okay, so take the rope, and I'd actually cut it into... Uh, cut it into slightly shorter, like a 20-foot length, and then whatever remains, which would be 12 feet, right? And start by adding this to your already regular good sex. Put on a blindfold. Once you put on a blindfold, everything is, all the sensations are heightened. Everything is a surprise. And you're adding this to your regular good sex, so you already know the repertoire of touch that you like and don't like, make sure that you agree upon a signal of, hey, let's take a break. So a safe word. And, and then blindfold and just start with the wrist tied. No more than that. Don't get complicated. Start with the wrist tied and carry on with your regular good sex. I think that's a good start. I mean, that sounds like a great start to me. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's straightforward. It's easy to negotiate. It's not overwhelming for somebody who's not been restrained before. The nice thing about blindfold is for the person who's doing the tying, if your partner's blindfolded, you get to have the I'm not sure fumbly face and your partner will never know. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as they're concerned, you're still super cool because they can't see that face. Exactly. And you could be completely baffled. And if you are baffled, that's the moment we can pull out my book. Right. Uh, maybe don't do the video with the sound on because then it won't work so well. But it kind of gives it away. <laughs> it gives it away. Now, before start starting to play, um, you want to have a few things to talk about. Would, would this be a good point to talk about my basic negotiation? I think so, um, because it's a, it's, it's a really good system. And, I, and, you know, if somebody's going to introduce something new into their play, into their sex, mm-hmm. it's important that they have a system to negotiate that works. So can you and I role play this a bit? Sure. Okay. So let's say we're lovers. Hey, hey, babe. Woohoo. Let's say we have sexy date night. Woohoo. So we'll start off something like this. And I'm going to limit it to rope, all right? Because that's the topic today. All right. So I'd be like, hey, sweetie, how are you tonight? I'm excited. You excited? I'm excited. I love date night. 
Okay. I love date night. I'm a little bit tired. So just so you know that going in. Okay. All right. So what do, hmm, what do we, I'm in the mood to be topping your beautiful ass. Are you in the mood for bottoming to me? Yeah. Yeah. That works for me. Okay. All right. Um, hmm, what do we want to do? I can think of a lot of things like, I don't know, um, uh, a little bit of spanking, a little bit of, oh, I don't know, dirty talk, maybe a little bit of rope bondage. Any of those appeal to you? The rope is, is really exciting. I haven't done very much of that. Ooh, okay. All right. So that's right. We haven't really done that, have we? Mm-mm. All right. And all right. So if we were, so you've done a little bit? Once it was not a good experience. Oh, okay. Let's forget. So it was with an old partner. And so it just kind of put me off because she didn't know what she was doing. Sure. So any, okay, this is to you listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime there's an, I'm not sure, I don't know, I haven't done it. All the questions can be asked in a best guess speculative way, which is what I'm about to do. All right. Okay, sweetie. So well, let's imagine, let's just say, just forget the old experience. Okay. What do you think you'll like? What do you think you might like about rope bondage? Um, being controlled. Mm-hmm. So not having the freedom to move any way I might like to. And how do you think you might end up feeling? Um, hmm. Well, turned on, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. But um, it's something about, about, about a, 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 an exciting constriction, like when you're held close there's just something I can't, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's, it's really exciting. And, and kind of the tension builds up because you're being held close. Okay. It's a good tension. So the thing I like about rope bondage is it challenges my creativity. And it, because it's so, uh, so many possibilities, it makes me focus. It makes me focus on you and our time together. And oftentimes it'll make me feel like an evil villain, in a cartoon kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of the woman being tied to the train tracks and, you know, all of that. <laughs> Twisting my yep, yep, yep. mustachio. Yep. Yes. So when it's good for you, and, you know, you, we can, you know, you can think back to other sort of sex play and restraints or just even being held down or whatever. What do you think I will see and hear? What will you look like and sound like when it's good for you? When it's good for me, I flush. Mm-hmm. So I'm lovely shades of pink and red. Um, I moan. I squeak sometimes. So not much words, but more sounds. I tend to lose uh, tend to lose words fairly quickly. Are you a wiggler or not wiggler, or do you like to struggle against the rope? I, th- I suspect I like to struggle for a while because it's fun. It's fun to struggle and then not go anywhere further. Great. And when it's not good for you, what do you think I'll see or hear? Um, when it's not good, I'm actually pretty good at making my, making my saying that something isn't right. Oh, but before it gets there. Before it gets to that, um, I might look distant instead of connected. Okay. Okay. So that means you're looking away and not at me it might might means that i'm looking away and not at you and i'm not responding as quickly to interaction so it feels sometimes you can feel it before you can see it it feels like i'm not present okay okay that's a little bit vague so i think i'd want a more concrete tell yep um okay so let's see um we are a few minutes from break so we're going to take this one right up till we get to break Okay. So we're going to take, do another couple of minutes and then so, we'll pick it up after. You, so here's what I look like and sound like when it's not good for me. If I over ask safety questions, then it's actually okay. not good for me because I don't know if you're having a good time. But if I'm having a good time, you're going to see me all sorts of facial expressions, laughing. I may do snarky, evil villain face. I move a lot. Um, how are you going to let me know when you want more or something? Oh, I'll, I'll move into it, and, and, I, and I, I'll tend to ask for more because <laughs> I can be really direct um, about that. Um, so what's your hard limit for today? 
And I say specifically today because sometimes there might be a time limit, like you need to get home at a certain time or things like that. Um, uh, I think probably limiting it to, to no more than an hour, just so my muscles get used to it. Yeah. So my hard limit for today is I'm a little jet lagged, so I probably would need to be wrapping it up by, oh, I don't know, 10 o'clock or so. So this works fine for us. Right. Um, and then this is where I would ask if there's anything going on with your body, and I would share mine. And then aftercare for you, aftercare for me, what does it entail, who is it by, and does it go in any phases I should know about? So when we get back from break, um, let's talk a little bit about what that, that aftercare part, because again, that's something that actually you do really well in wild, in wild side sex that people don't often talk about. The, the stages of aftercare and what's needed. So let's just add a little bit more to that so people have an idea of how that looks in a negotiation. And so we'll be back in a couple of minutes afterwards from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America health and wellness your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This week, it's R is for rope, and I'm with the incredible Midori, and this is our last segment, segment four. And we were doing um, some negotiation um, before the break, um, so we, wanted, we we touched on aftercare, and so I wanted to just so we have you talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I would ask about, for both you and, and myself, what do you need for aftercare? Who is it by? And does it go in any phases I should be aware of? And this aftercare question, setting it up beforehand, is a real scene saver. You made the point in, in your book that when a scene is eh, it's just okay. But aftercare is really good. People remember it as a, good, a really good thing. A scene can be great if aftercare is where things fall down, it can ruin the whole positivity of the scene that came before. Absolutely. It's called the recency effect. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And so um, if I were asked about aftercare, I tend to, I like, I like a cuddle. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on what I'm doing. I mean, I I like to fuck. So that's part of my aftercare. And some people are like, what do you mean? But that's part of how I end up in a scene, right? I like to have sex. Not always fucking, but I like to have like really visceral sex afterwards. I like to cuddle. Emotions sometimes will come up in stages. 
Um, but usually not more than 48 hours. And um, the second part of after, I like to fuck the person I've been playing with. And then the second part of aftercare, like if emotions come up 48 hours later, I've got resources that can meet that. And I set resources up so that somebody doesn't have to feel obligated. So aftercare, a bit of my definition around aftercare is that which individuals need to regain equilibrium. And in a scene, we often think of aftercare as that which is for the person bottoming. But really, it's for all people involved. Because if I'm topping you and I'm having a... um, I'm having a scene. I'm in a scene. It should be a genuine experience. And I am going to have a dopamine spike. And what happens when dopamine goes up? It must come down. Absolutely. So there's crash and boom. Right. And so for me, for aftercare, um, I like a little bit of snuggling. But actually, um, there comes a point in which I need to go and be alone. Mm -hmm. And it's nice for me to know that I can say, hand you off to your partner. Yep. I also know that it was an intense scene, either, and when I say intense, it could be physically mellow, but emotionally intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, about four, within 48 hours, I need to go to my gym. Right. Because, yeah, and that dopamine crash that happens, and I think there have been studies that have found that after sex, there's a point in which there's a, a dopamine drop. Yep. I get the blues from topping. And if any of you all out there engaging in dominance or topping feel kind of blue or crappy or tired within 48 hours, this is called brain chemistry. Yes. Nothing wrong with you. But you do need to figure out what's going on. So now this is not quite the end of the negotiation yet because the next question is, and then I would, you know, I would tell you about what I need. Um, the next question is, honey, what kind of mood do we want to go to tonight? I'd like to push it. I'd like to be edgy. Edgy. What the heck is edgy? So edgy is, dar- is, is, is hitting on the dark stuff, hitting on the shadow stuff. Little, okay. like, like, so something that brings out some fear. And I ask that because I have edgy in my head, but edgy in my head and what's in your head may be very different. And if I didn't ask for what that is, we could end up in a mid-scene disaster. Really important because we often think that our terms mean the same thing. When we use a word, we think everybody uses it the way that we do. And that's rarely the case. So making sure that you have a really clear idea what your partner means when they say this. So the edgy, geesh, I mean, it could mean that, you know, I'm showing up with a chainsaw or I'm showing up in my clown outfit. or That would be edgy for me. That would be right, right there. <laughs> and edgy could also just mean... I've never done rope bondage, and that's edgy for me. Right. So one person's edgy is somebody else's Tuesday night. Yes, absolutely. And one person, somebody else's edgy is no fucking well in hell. Yeah, there are certain things that, like, you, you can talk about them, and I start to freak out. Mm-hmm. But then I tend, I, I'm around sadists who tend not to care, and they like to push that. <laughs> so... Okay. Now, I already mentioned earlier that I'm feeling a little bit tired and jet laggy. Yeah. So, edgy sounds fun as long as it's clever and mind fucky. Yes. Nothing really intense physical that, that requires tired. Yeah. Got that. Yes. But I can tell you a scary story while having your ass tied up and, and in a sling. Now, that sounds like fun. Ah. So. In that, the most important question, I mean, the whole thing is consent-based, right? Right. It's collaborative consent. It's what I call engaged collaborative consent. And the important question here is what kind of mood do we want to co-create? Yes. So now what we have is a physically low-stress scene that has the mental edginess of a horror movie and a scary story but physically relatively low-key yep Mm -hmm. yep that works for both of us and that's the key is it's got to work for both of us it can't be just one of us so then get that lovely um, cotton rope pair of scissors a blindfold i would tie your beautiful ass up put a blindfold on you and then maybe I tell you a, oh, the uh, 
maybe in a while I have you tied up and playing with your bits and fucking you slowly while you're in rope. I might tell the story about the scary clown lady who uh, kid- oh, yeah, that would- <laughs> who kidnaps the ballerina. That would freak me out. <laughs> that, would, that would work very well. Believe it or not, we're four minutes, three minutes to close. Yikes! So, I want to thank you. You've been amazing. I want to tell people in the UK that um, you're going to get a very special treat this spring. <laughs> uh, I will confirm the dates within the next two weeks. Um, Midori is coming to London to teach. And you know, this is the first public announcement, so you have heard it here first. Absolutely. So um, I will be giving you the details, but the short version is there's going to be a day for women only. There's going to be a half day Heart of Shibari intensive. It's a very small group. And then a full day, which will be the fundamentals of rope. None of the groups are really big, guys. So if you're interested, you want to let me know now. Oh, and the women's group, absolutely trans welcome. Yes. yes. Anybody who identifies as female is welcome. So, day for women folk and day for ropey interests. That's right. And, and um, it, this is going to be a lot of fun. If you're interested, let us know now. Um, do go and look up all of Midori's writing. Don't skip the erotica. The erotica is outrageous. Check out Silk Threads, which is the most recent. Yes, Silk Threads. It's so new. It's not even in their bio. Oh my I know, God. and it's incredible. And you get the, um, the wonderfulness of actually having three amazing erotica authors having written a piece of it. On social media, just look for me under Planet Midori, all one word, Planet Midori, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, YouTube, on Vimeo, and even in Patreon. Yes. And please don't forget Patreon. Patreon's an absolutely wonderful place um, where you can support those people that you want to see more of. And um, Midori's uses Patreon primarily to support her art, which is absolutely incredible. So I encourage you to go and visit and have a look around and, um, and then support the artists so that they can keep creating. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Next week, it's S's for Swingers. Zaina Ratti is joining me again. Um, I hope you have a hot, healthy, and exciting week. And um, yeah, we'll speak with you soon. Kisses to you all. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to LoriBeth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.